something strange in your neighborhood. Who are you going to call? Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books and movies and TV. I'm Luke. My guest today is Nathan. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Today's topic, Extreme Ghostbusters, an often overlooked part of the Ghostbusters legacy. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. On the podcast, a, I want to say a year or so ago, I did a review of the real Ghostbusters. In fact, let's go further back. We've not actually talked about Ghostbusters on the podcast before. I think you're a fan. Where do you stand on Ghostbusters? Love the original movie. Um, sequel was pretty good too, but obviously the first one was better in my opinion. And I love the real Ghostbusters cartoon and grew up with it and all the to- and the toy line. Big okay, fan. cool. Yeah, so similar experience to me. Ghostbusters, my favorite movie of all time. I love it. Works on every level for me. The well, everything. You know, the action, the the comedy, the horror, all of it. I'm a big, big fan. And then. Kid grew up in the 80s, early 90s, the real Ghostbusters, watched the cartoon, had the toys. So when Extreme Ghostbusters happened in 97, for me, it was a big deal. Like, just loved Ghostbusters so much. And yes, Extreme Ghostbusters had a toy line, bought the toys bought the Ecto-1 from the cartoon. So I was all in on the Game Boy. You had the video game. I even had the Commodore 64 Ghostbusters video game. Right. Would that have been the movie or the real Ghostbusters? It was probably around the time in the movie or, or so because of the hype around it was huge. Right. Okay. So extreme Ghostbusters, like, again, merch for that. I remember going to a car boot sale mm. and finding the CD single of the theme song. Which oh, wow. like, such a random, such a random find. It was in the UK. I think mm. I paid like 50 pence or something. But honestly, it wasn't until this rewatch that I I saw in the credits singing the Ghostbusters theme. Do you know who it is actually before I just say it? Do you know who's actually no, singing the theme? No, go for it. Jim Cummings, Winnie the Pooh. Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's he's performing the opening theme, Ghostbusters, no for way. this show, which blew my mind. Because, you know, we've we've done a review of Darkwing Duck already, so we have talked That's and right. praised. So we're familiar with Jim Cummings. Yeah. Jim Cummings, and he's got his podcast at the moment, Tuned In with Jim Cummings. Um, it's part of the Four Finger Discount Network, which is an Australian-based uh, podcast networks. I've been hearing him talk about things on there. And he it's was here not long ago. It was on the back of that. Yeah, it was on the back of him coming to Supernova. That's right. I checked out his, yep. his podcast. But there you go. That's right. That's rad. I wouldn't have guessed that in, in a million years, but um, a fun bit of trivia. So this didn't go for multiple seasons like the real Ghostbusters. One season. 40 episodes. That's all we got in total. And all those episodes. For, was that for Extreme or The Real? Well, as I say, The Real Ghostbusters went for multiple seasons. This one, yes. just one season. One season, ah. 
40 episodes, but you at the back of that can't hear me. 40, 40 episodes. And the show, you've got a team of college-aged Ghostbusters led by a veteran Ghostbuster, Egon Spengler. Mm. In some TV listings, though, what I found is that the series was called Ghostbusters Dark. Uh, oh wow a little bit different and there was another title that i came across online i think it was something like super ghostbusters or something like that when they were looking at developing it back in 96 it settled on extreme which is like the most 90s name they could have came up with extreme really ghostbusters it's got an I, edge to it like i like the sound of ghostbusters dark or dark ghostbusters that that would that would have worked too, but I guess, like you say, extreme sounds way more nineties core. It does, yeah, absolutely. And you know, thinking about what they're what they're doing in this show, like the whole idea is that they didn't just want to do the moves again. And this is yeah. a sequel to the real Ghostbusters because mm. that's happened. So they wanted to put together a team of misfits in a way people that you would not necessarily associate with being superheroes on on television. So you've got Eduardo, who is the slacker, Roland, who is the square, Kylie is moody and sarcastic, and then Garrett provides balance as a adrenaline junkie who could kind of uh, kickstart the team. So they all get together, and then I think it worked out really well. If you look at the in the most recent Ghostbusters movie, Afterlife, Obvious mm. reasons, Egon, they they did a really good job of involving Egon. The character is in there. Harold Ramis has unfortunately passed, so he can't be involved. But you can watch Extreme Ghostbusters and you can see what Egon did mm. after the movies. You know, see, it's kind of like obviously it wasn't the idea when they first put the characters together when they're working on the lineup back then. Yeah, but it is nice that if you've not seen Extreme Ghostbusters. You're watching Afterlife. You're looking forward to uh, Ghostbusters. I want to say Frozen. Is it what's it called? Frozen Empire. Or Frozen, Frozen Empire. Frozen well done. No, you're right. It is. It's Frozen oh. Empire. Sorry, I'm completely blanking. There you go. So that's <laughs> going to be putting together a new team again. That like we've got, you know, the new characters in Afterlife. Yep. The Ghostbusters are expanding. So if you if you'd only seen the original four, and of course Louis Tully in Ghostbusters two. They were Don't doing, forget. but they were doing yeah. already in '97 in Extreme Ghostbusters. Like they were yeah. already like continuing the story, new Ghostbusters. But then we had to wait until Afterlife for wider audiences to see it on the big screen. That's right. And don't forget, we get with um, Extreme Ghostbusters, we get Janine Melnitz back. Yeah, she's, she's come back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's you know, will they? Won't they? The romance, the flirtation. Mm. More from Janine. Yep. With Egon. Yep. And not only but, not only is Egon back though, he's got a ponytail, which I thought was an interesting yeah. choice. <laughs> yeah. He's got a big pompadour at the, the, the front and the ponytail at the back. You know, I did read at one point one of the original ideas of getting the new Ghostbusters together. It wasn't actually mm. going to be Egon, it was going to be Janine. And the characters oh, wow. would meet her first. She'd put the team together. Egon, that could have worked. Could have. Egon would have been involved, but more on the outside. Like As a mentor. Yeah, mm. more like a yeah, so it wouldn't actually I mean he suits up a couple of times 
in this, mm. whereas that's not what they were going to be doing. But I think it worked out for the best, uh, the way yeah. that they did it. Because otherwise, it would have just been Egon. It'd be huddled in front of a computer screen um, and just being the guy in the chair, essentially. And mm. just keep telling him. And he does play yeah. that to an extent, but I'm glad that they did it the, the I suppose way it makes did. sense. Makes sense because you need a link. You need you need a clear link to the past, and I guess he serves as that link for the to, to usher in the new generation. It's a it's a good way of doing it. But you know, right? Yeah. When they first started developing the show, it was a little bit different. It started mm. off as three females and one male. Obviously, oh, they wow. they changed that up, and the four would have been described as a cynic, a goth, a square, and a jock. Garrett was originally known as Lucy and was put in a wheelchair to counter the more obnoxious elements of the jock's personality. So that's what they were going with with his character, just to balance out, um, yeah, I guess some of his more obnoxious traits. But it's interesting to think that back in, you know, 96, 97, they were looking at mm. having three females and one male as the Ghostbusters team, but it ended up being just one female. It's interesting that they went with a wheelchair-bound character as well. That was um, quite a, a, a bold move, too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But Garrett absolutely handles himself and is capable mm. in any situation and all of those yeah, things. They they got a great pains to show that too, and I think that was that was obviously the point. The inquisit the inquisitivity. So we've been talking about the Ghostbusters already. Like when we break it down, let's just let's start with Slimer. Voiced by Billy West. Huh. Which Friends, was, yeah. yeah, and of course, Cry, Futurama. Yeah, Futurama. Yep. Yep. Well, oh, we could, yeah, we he's, could just keep going. Like he's like um, yeah, Jim Cummings. Like, work. Billy West. Yeah, he's a guy that has been around. Another guy over also. Who, and he's another name also who visited our shores for, for a, um, a supernova. Yeah, no, supernova. I, I remember. Yep. Yeah. So Slimer is the least changed of all the characters in terms of personality, has a less cartoonish look. Uh, he's well-meaning. He is often pushed around by the Ghostbusters uh, because his constant eating gets in their way. And that's Slimer, isn't it? Who mm. will be returning in Frozen Empire. So I'm excited. Nice. More, awesome. more Slimer. Um, more nostalgia. This, more nostalgia, absolutely. In this on occasion, he is portrayed as being more heroic there's an episode bird of prey where he gets to actually wield a proton pack which is you know pretty oh, cool wow. and different to what we'd had that's, previously that's a pretty big step up for a ghost a ghost busting ghosts absolutely mm. and slimer always needs a rival he had yeah. peter venkman first time around this time eduardo who, with the other Ghostbusters, cares for him despite his annoying traits. And he's lived with Egon in the fire station for over a decade, and they are closer than they were in the original series. So that's... Is it fair, uh, to, fair to say, do you think, that Slime is uh, the comic relief? Oh, it's always been the comic relief. Remember, they mm. did a, a rebranding in the 80s, and it was yeah. Slimer and the real Ghostbusters. Mm. And we've got some more Slimer centric episodes yep. yeah i mean he's always been a cop uh, popular character ever since the first movie true i remember i had the figurine yeah now nah, me too when you can move the mm. tail around at the back yeah no i remember yep. having yep. having that 
You know, there there were plans to give Slimer a mischievous goblin companion named Nat, but they were soon scrapped. I mean, mm. Slimer is that character already. Yeah, you don't need to give works. him that version of him. No, because he works on his own just perfectly as is. So Eduardo Rivera, voiced by Rhino Romano, he was also in another show we like, The Batman. He voiced Bruce Wayne, Batman, in that show. That's right. He was a good fit for that show as well. A show that we've yet to get to, but we shall. It is oh, yeah. it's on the schedule. It has we'll been written. So Eduardo, he's lazy, sarcastic, and apparently clueless. Eduardo is also determined and reliable. He and Garrett resemble original Ghostbuster Peter Venkman. I definitely do get Venkman from Eduardo. You can see it. There's something about him. And he's got a love-hate relationship with Kylie, who he actually loves. And there's that weird episode where he gets transformed into her cat. Wow. They get to hang out together, but of course, she doesn't know he's secretly Eduardo. They definitely have fun with with the storylines in this show. Mm. And what I really noticed is there's a lot of like humanoid-looking ghosts, more than I remember seeing him in the real Ghostbusters. Like there'll be a character, mm. like the like the Ghost Piper episode where there's ghosts, and the Ghostbusters proton packs or the you know the yeah the ones aren't effective at all on the ghost. But then you find out that it's because the ghosts belong to this other ghost, and they come out of his stomach. And instead of being like a pipe pipe with rats, he can then draw the ghost back into himself. But yeah. until that happens, it looks humanoid. So they did a lot of humanoid ghosts in this. It's true. Kylie Griffin, voiced by Tara Strong. The oh, wow. Tara Strong. Oh, she, what hasn't she done, man? She's a voice of a veteran. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I've, I've said, you know, my love of Ghostbusters, having a Ghostbuster with the same surname as me. Always loved that. So here we are. We've got Kylie Griffin. Great name. <laughs> Great name. Yeah, that had to have been a point of pride for you. Oh, man, always loved that. Kylie is the only member of the new team with prior paranormal knowledge. Her friend Jack was a victim of the Grundle. In awe of Egon, when the series begins, they shift to a more equal footing. And Kylie also appears in the IDW publishing Ghostbusters comic books, where she works at Ray Stan's occult bookshop before becoming a Ghostbuster in 2003. So she was nice. in the comics already with the ongoing series, which I have all the yep. issues of. Absolutely love nice. collecting that. I think Ghostbusters is going to a different publisher. They were at IDW for the longest time. Is That's it right. Dynamite? I'm trying to think where they're actually... Was it no Dark Horse? Dark Horse. That's Ghostbusters. Up yeah, Ghostbusters are going to be published by Dark Horse instead. But I yep. do remember. So Kylie, yes, they did incorporate her, but none of the other extreme Ghostbusters characters. But then for the 35th anniversary, there was an extreme Ghostbusters comic, and it was part four in a miniseries. And like one of the issues was that. Uh, the ladies from Answer the Call. Another issue was the real Ghostbusters. It was a lot of fun. And then there was a crossover uh, called Crossing Over. 
I'm blanking on it. Anyway, there was a crossover that they did, and it had all the different iterations of Ghostbusters coming together. But Kylie awesome. was part of that crossover, but she's someone that was clearly popular enough that they just incorporated into the ongoing yeah. Ghostbusters series. To warrant an appearance, yeah. Yeah, but always liked that character. It's not just a name. She's got a cool look. Mm. She's got the blue rad. hair. She's got like the shoulder pads. And that's mm. a thing as well. Like screams nice, doesn't it? It does, but Kylie doesn't wear a traditional flight suit. Neither does Eduardo. It's it's only um the other two, Roland and Garrett, that actually wear the flight suits. Uh, Egon, obviously he he suits up. But what I did always dislike and i get it and it's both the animation style and i guess cost and it was the 90s mm. how when you see their uniforms the no ghost symbol doesn't always appear sometimes yeah. it's just a no sign with no ghost or sometimes yeah. you'll see it so they're really free and loose when they actually would animate that fully that, and that would be a hard little detail to animate from a distance i mean i get that you would put the ghost in there up close but if you're looking at the characters from, from a, a fair way away, you're not going to perceive that ghost as easily. So it's probably easier to just sort of visually reference it with a bit of shorthand with the, know, with the but, symbol rather than put the ghost in it. I know, but mate, close-ups. There'd be close-up mm. of the no ghost symbol and there's no ghost. It's just a no sign. Oh, okay. It's not. Ju- I get what you're saying. It's not just. So that's what, It must have been like a shortcut, a cost thing, a time thing. Yeah, yeah budget something like that yeah but it's it's a lot more noticeable than it was in the real ghostbusters and obviously this one came out uh, many many years later that's interesting we've got roland jackson voiced by alfonso ribiero roland is the most level-headed and mechanically gifted of the ghostbusters helping egon repair and improve the proton packs and ecto-1 he joined egon's class after seeing the ecto-1 and an auto show that was interesting how it was a good way of selling toys because i remember getting the proton pack i've full disclosure when i was buying the extreme ghostbusters toys i was past the point of buying toys, but I just went and bought them because it was Ghostbusters related. Just because you you love the franchise that much, yeah. Hey, I was in college. <laughs> I was buying like Ecto One on this show just because it was cool and it had the siren. It's, um, it's cool. I mean, who doesn't love Ecto One? Come on. Yeah, well, that well, that's it. But point being that I was like in college buying toys, age four and up. But you know, it was extreme, extreme Ghostbusters. And um, so I get it. <laughs> like, you know, Roland, he likes the car. But that's what I was going to say. The the modified uh, proton packs, you know, it was good that the show started and it was the same equipment used in the real Ghostbusters. Nice. Um, and then later on, when the original Ghostbusters do return for the two-parter back in the saddle, yep. it is noted to them, like, these proton packs work differently. The equipment yeah has been updated but it meant that they could sell new toys like and if you had the real ghostbusters toys these extreme ones they look different so buy these ones as well they they so they did a toy line for the extreme ghostbusters as well yeah mate that's what i've just been talking about i bought them when yeah. i was too old to buy them of course yeah. they did i was I been talking about it i had the the wand i had you know the proton pack the action figures. They did a figure for all of them except for Garrett. 
Now, oh, okay. the reason why is because apparently the wheelchair would have made the toy too expensive to produce. So uh, they right. didn't do a Garrett action figure. But yeah, ironically, others. ironically though, you can go out and buy like a wheelchair bar, wheelchair bound Barbie now, no problems. Yeah, but it's not 1997 anymore. So time, times, yeah. have, times yeah, have changed and costs and everything else. But back then, I though, get it. If it was just like one figure and then a little bit of plastic for all the figures, and then for Garrett, it's a big plastic. So anyway, so they they didn't do it. But apparently, you can get knockoffs online if mm. you really want a Garrett Miller action figure. So we talked I'm sure about they him. Exist. Yeah. Well, I think knockoffs. Yeah. Not not official. Mm. Uh, Garrett. He's the guy with the jock-like attitude, uh, voiced by James Marsden. Oh, uh, wow. Cyclops. Not Cyclops, no. Oh, sorry, not, no, my bad. That is Cyclops, James Marsden. He's voiced <laughs> by Jason Marsden, who ah. I constantly get mixed up, like I just did then, with <laughs> James Marsden. No, different guy. This is Jason mm. Marsden. I'm pretty sure this That's is an the easy guy. Well, it's one that I make all the time. But Jason Marsden, he voiced young Clark Kent in Superman the Animated yeah. Series from 96. There so you go. I've talked about him before on the podcast. Um, but yeah, so Garrett. So, you know, so we've rounded out the the new Ghostbusters and, of course, Egon Spengler, voiced by Maurice LaMarche, who is the original Egon from the real Ghostbusters. So it's oh, really wow. cool that the original... Role. Voice actor comes back. That's cool. That's awesome. So he is the series' only original Ghostbuster. So he's been touring the new Ghostbusters team, still lives in the firehouse with Slimer, enabling the building to become the Ghostbusters headquarters when the paranormal activity resumes. Did it ever occur to you it was weird that Egon in the cartoons in every iteration had blonde hair, and yet in the movie it's black curly hair? Do you know why? Why? They couldn't use the likeness of the actors. Really? That's why. It's a short so answer. They... Okay. All right, that tracks. So to get around that, they just said, well, screw it, let's just make it blunt. They all look different. And look at the colours of the, the flight suits. They're all different mm. colours. They're not all beige or brown. Yeah, like that's in, true. That's true. The Ghostbusters movie. So they, so... I guess that's how they, they get around it. They always get around it somehow. That's how they did it. You know, it always it always took out to me that they they cast as Peter Venkman in the real Ghostbusters, mm. the guy who voiced Garfield in the cartoons. And mm. he does sound, you know, he's got like a Bill Murray sound to him. Mm. Years later, when they made the live-action Garfield movies, Bill Murray voices Garfield. Isn't that it's strange? Like decades apart, two guys voicing yeah, yeah. each other's characters. They're very similar. You're right. It's a very similar voice. It's very laid back. It's got a really laconic drawl to it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. But but that's it. It comes down to likenesses, like not looking like the actors, mm. and then I've the point of difference with even with the animation the templates, like even with the templates for the characters, they'll make the Ray Stans character look a little more portly, a little more rounded, kind of just visually reference Dan Aykroyd without actually being Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, I, I get Yeah, no, I, I get it. I mean, Egon definitely is the more extreme, you know, with that big blonde curl. He's got mm. the, the red glasses. So he probably does look the most different to, yeah. to That's the just actor. an interesting 
interesting distinction to make, that's all. You know the two-parter back in the saddle, and when Ray suits up and he's wearing the same colour flight suit as Egon, it bothered mm. me way more than it should. <laughs> <laughs> they all had their distinct coloured flight suits in the real Ghostbusters. And mm. the other guys, I guess Egon is a bit more darker, but the other guys, you know, Winston, Peter, they're wearing their real Ghostbusters colours. Mm. Whereas Ray is wearing the same colour as Egon. And it didn't sit well with you. Absolutely not. Because that's the thing. The, the way, they've got black Power Rangers. They've all got different colours. Anyway, that's true. It's a minor thing to most people, I'm sure. Minor gripe. But it bothered me. So a combination of the <laughs> no ghost logo not always being there and Ray and Egon wearing the same colour suits. But that's mm. all. That's I can I can get on with it. It's fine. <laughs> it bothered me enough to bring it up. And if I'm honest, it still bothers me. But <laughs> you got your goat, man. Anyway. I got your goat. So I really enjoyed this rewatch. Now, apparently, they are going to be releasing for the first time a complete collection of all 40 episodes. It's not happened yet. What they have released, at least, uh, I mean, in Australia, the UK, America, the first. 13 episodes and it was released as volume one they oh, never wow. released any more volumes so i've got the 13 episodes and on the official ghostbusters youtube channel which is where i know you went mm. some episodes are up there i think at the moment they've got 10 out of the 40 so you can watch them but this is quite a hard show to come by but apparently yeah, a lot of they're going to release it in its entirety well, a lot of the ones that I I was looking at in in preparation for the, for recording this on YouTube, they were all in different languages, like a lot of Spanish and stuff like that. That's why so it was very hard. Yeah, but that's why I sent you that link where it was mm. ten episodes, mm. amazing quality, uploaded by Sony, so you can watch gotcha. it that way. And that's how I rewatched the two parter back in the saddle. And there's quite gotcha. a few, again, there's ten episodes. I mean, ideally, they'd have all of them. But at one point, like years ago, it looked like between the real Ghostbusters and extreme Ghostbusters, they were going to upload all of it. But mm. then what they started doing were taking some down. And I think that's what happened with extreme as well. So more used to be up there, but now you can still watch 10. Like they have Darkness at Noon Part 1, which is the first episode. Yep. But they don't have Darkness at Noon Part 2. Oh, which, I know. I racked my brain trying to find that. Yeah, it doesn't really make too much sense. Uh, but mm. Darkness at Noon Part 1, the opening of a new subway tunnel releases a deadly spirit, Akira, into New York City, meeting four new Ghostbusters and see how they conquer the deadly spirit. And then with Part mm. 2, the extreme Ghostbusters must find a way to free Kylie from Akira's evil grip and defeat the deadly spirit once and for all. So across those two episodes, that's it. Modifications have been made to the equipment. They've suited up. And by the end of part two, they've actually Ghostbusters. And then the show just hits the ground running. Uh, the Ghost Tripper of Manhattan was an episode I enjoyed. When the extreme Ghostbusters can't seem to defeat an epidemic of pesky ghosts, the mayor calls on a... Pied Piper, who claims he can rid the city of demons. So that's when I was talking about the demons come out of his belly. It's this um, this whole this whole thing. 
be careful what you wish for is pretty full on. There's a ghost salesman, again, looks like a man, but he's actually a ghost, who arrives in Grand Central Station and twists people's hopes and dreams into terrifying incarnations. And oh, wow. Eduardo, he falls prey to the salesman's spell. Like a woman gets turned into a baby, but she's still got an adult head. A guy gets his mouth sealed up, similar to Neo in the Matrix. Wow. You know, so there's it's like, hey, this is like a this is a cartoon, and it's a, a kid's cartoon, and there's some serious things going on. But I guess the one to really talk about, the two-parter, I mentioned it quite a few times already, back in the saddle. Ray mm. Winston and Venkman return for Egon's birthday celebration and decide to bust some ghosts just for nostalgia's sake. So the so the extreme Ghostbusters feel obsolete. So you watched this one. What what did you think to this two part? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, it was nice to see the OG Ghostbusters come back and um, get that kind of callback, get the nostalgia callback. So I can see why you recommended it for, um, to watch. I, that that was definitely a probably one of the one of the, the more interesting episodes to pursue. It was cool. Yeah, I mean they did manage to bring back um, a few of the actors from the real Ghostbusters. Like they got the second voice of Peter Venkman, Dave Collier, back. Buster Jones, who was the second voice of Winston Zedmore, and Frank Welker, the voice of Ray Stans. So a few of them oh, well. did reprise their roles. And it was fun. I mean, it, I guess it wasn't supposed to be the end. You know, the show, mm. you know, like any show, you want, it, you want yeah. it to go on to a second, third, you know, have many more seasons. But it ended up being a really good way of of ending the show. Like, you know, the mm. the old guard come back. They put yep. heads for a while, but ultimately they learn to work together. So it ended yeah, it up being a really good way of ending the show, but at the same time, like I'd always been disappointed that they didn't get past season one. Mm. But, you feel that, that there was definitely more to, to to do with it, more to say or more to tell. Well, well, that's it. You know, back when they were making this show, or even you know, planning this show, like the the people working on it, like looking at what else they developed already, it was the and it was all Sony, so it was the Men in Black series uh the godzilla series you know all those types of shows like remember like back in the 90s like most films got cartoons it was a fun mm. time like jumanji got an animated series you know all those kind of things and i guess you know out of the ones they were looking at uh ghostbusters seemed most appealing because for the longest time it was, it was just dormant you know we yeah. got ghostbusters 2 in the late 80s and then nothing until 97 97 with this, and then 2016, we got Answer the Call, you know, the Paul Feig Ghostbusters film, and then now they're back on track with Afterlife, directed by uh, Jason is, Jason yeah. Reitman, the son of Ivan Reitman, and then the new one, Frozen Empire, to be directed by Gil Keenan, who was a producer and writer on Afterlife. Nice. It seems to be that there's a real resurgence in the property, you know, a resurgence of interest. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, like, you know, for me, it, it never stopped. Like, you know, so that's mm. why I was so grateful all those years to mm. IDW, where I was able to get new Ghostbusters content. Uh, but for people mm. outside of comics, 
between this in 97 and it's then the Paul like Feig, Feig movie in 2016. Yeah, nothing. That's it. Although yeah. the movie Evolution, which I do love, directed by Ivan Reitman, is essentially Ghostbusters, but with aliens. You've got Orlando Jones, David Coffney, Julianne Moore, Sean William Scott, David Ethan Supley. I love that movie so much. Instead mm. of proton packs, it's a, a fire truck and head and shoulders. Love that movie. Mm. I've done a full review on the podcast already because I love that movie. Nice. So much. Awesome. But all right, Extreme Ghostbusters, if you're going to review it out of five. Yeah, look, it was a um, a jarring one for me. It was a bit of a jarring watch, so it didn't sit exactly well with me as as it would have with you. Like to me, I I didn't know. Like I guess the animation style for me just felt really dated. Like I know it's ninety seven, but it didn't feel like ninety seven. I felt like I was watching something that was made in like ninety two or ninety three, and so it just felt incredibly dated to me. Um, and that kind of sort of hampered my enjoyment of it a bit. But I mean. Clearly, like it's it's still Ghostbusters, so it's still paying lip service to everything that we grew up with and we, we that we love. So, I think for me, it 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 made me probably come in at a, at a recommend. I'd go for three because it's still worth watching. It's still fun. It's still Ghostbusters. I, I was just taken aback by the visuals. It's sort of it just didn't feel. And I suppose it's not meant to be anything like the real Ghostbusters. But I remember the real Ghostbusters was such a big part of my childhood. That this felt like an anticlimax to that, and the theme—I was like they were riffing on the on the theme song, but it was just so weird hearing it reinterpreted. And I know now it's Jim Cummings who did it, which is cool, but it's still kind of like it, to me, it was just like, wow, this is so weird. Like I, I couldn't really grasp it the way I did with the original stuff. So yeah, I I I still would think it's pretty worth watching and pretty cool. So I'd come in at a three for sure. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um... Okay, there's a lot there I want to get into, and we haven't got too much time because we're we're wrapping up. Mm. So Jim Cummings, yes, so he performed the Ghostbusters theme and added new lyrics, and that was on the you know the end. The composer was Jim Latham, so he would have been the guy who you were hearing who was doing riffs on the real Ghostbusters, and I guess what had been done in the movies mm. as well. We with the animation, you know, being dated, it's interesting that you say that because. If you look at other shows that came out around 97, mm. and especially the examples that I gave, now this is, you know, for Sony, you know, yeah. Men in Black, Godzilla, you know, all of those looked like this. Like this was the this was the animation style that was popular at the time. And then and for me personally, because again, like being a big Ghostbusters fan, so I felt like I was waiting for this show. So when it came out mm. in 97, I watched it new. So I've always seen it as being new, and I had that thought when I was watching it for this. The real Ghostbusters looks like an old cartoon that I watched as a kid, whereas mm. Extreme Ghostbusters, even though it's not new because it came out in 97, I don't see it as this like old cartoon that came out years ago. You know, your, your point of reference and your perception of time changes mm. as we get older. So I just sure. see this as being like, oh, this was the new follow-up to extreme uh the real ghostbusters should i say so i don't know like i do i get it and it doesn't look like a, a cartoon that was made today um mm. but it definitely did look of the time and it looked extreme you know there was like edges to the character designs and but that's fair um yeah i'm gonna come in a little bit higher but i'm acknowledging that my 
love of Ghostbusters, you know. Oh yeah. I I was I kind of knew I was going to like this show before I'd even seen it, and I thoroughly mm. enjoyed it when I watched it, and again went out and bought the toys. Um, yeah, I'm going to come in at a four out of five. Um, yeah, but and then again, it's the nostalgia, and not just for the Ghostbusters IP. This show in particular, because it came out at a time where there was no Ghostbusters, and then this cartoon happened. So I'll always mm. appreciate and enjoy Extreme Ghostbusters for that. That's a good reason. That's that's definitely a valid reason. Well, that's it for episode all about Extreme Ghostbusters. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Nathan, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, never a chore. As always, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. <laughs>